Welcome back all, it's that time once again for the 51st instalment of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 28th of February 2017, I'm welcoming back, first of all, the Iceman. Yeah, hi Bully. And very fortunate once again to have with us, um, incredibly successful last time, well known to many of you on Twitter and social media, we've got Mark McGettigan, FPL General, welcome back. Hi guys, thanks for having me back again. Now chaps, first of all Mark, I'm going to come back to you in just a second, Iceman, it's Shrove Tuesday, did you have pancakes? I did. And what, what was the topping? What was the topping on your pancakes? I had a great big dollop of Phillips. See, I think you should have had custard, a massive custard pie, for not captaining Harry Kane over the weekend. <laughs> Did you, you know what I had on my pancake? Jam, I had jam. Yeah, loads of jam. Loads of jam, because Patrick Van Anholt popped off the bench to give me an extra 15 points, <laughs> and I made a last-minute change. I bottled Hazard, went for, went for Kane, and the rest is me now above the Iceman in FPL history. So I had a lovely jammy pancake today. Mark, um, did you have pancakes? I've, had a, I've actually had a pretty stressful day um, today getting a new bathroom, so I've spent today eating dust rather than pancakes, I'm afraid. <laughs> Lent, Lent starts tomorrow, and I was actually half thinking of giving up FPL for Lent. Um, <laughs> with all this stress of double game weeks and blanks and double game weeks coming out of nowhere. So yeah, I, hope, I might just give it up for Lent, and hopefully everything just works itself out by the time I come back. Do you know, I think there'll be probably a lot of people by this point in the season listening to this probably nodding in their head in shame as they agree with you. Iceman, are you going to be ever giving out FPL for Lent? Uh, no, unfortunately, I'm too addicted to it. And yeah, I'll, I'll never give it up, unfortunately. No, you're sort of tied into producing this podcast as well now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, chaps. Um, first of all, Mark, let's come back to you. It's been a few game weeks since you joined us. I mean, last time... We, you know, really enjoyed having you on. Lots of really, really good feedback from the uh, from the listeners. So great to have you back on again. Just tell us a bit about how things have been for you and your, and your FPL side since we last spoke to you. Yeah, um, ho- probably hovering around a similar rank to when I was here last. Um, I've kind of been haven't been able to get any momentum going in the last couple of weeks. Um, I've had a good game week now, just in twenty six. So hopefully that's going to kickstart things. Um, things things have been going well on Twitter as well. Just really enjoying the Twitter side of things this season and interacting with other managers and just bouncing ideas off them and things like that. So, yeah, things are going good. Good to hear it. I can see that the uh, the Twitter account is thriving as usual. I've been sort of uh, checking in on that a little bit myself. Chaps, first of all, let's have a little look at how our teams got on this week. Iceman, in, a, in the usual style, if you want to lead us off on that. Yeah, had some decisions to make in terms of I had Jay Rodriguez, uh, Sanchez, uh, even the likes of Phillips and Ibrahimovic out. Uh, also, Francis was injured. So I had a fair amount of players out. So I did take out both Jay Rodriguez and Sanchez for Antonio and Mane. And then I had the conundrum of taking another hit. So I, eventually I took a, a minus eight hit to bring in Robertson for Amat, who also wasn't playing. So I'm seeing these players as effectively I've got two games out of them so it's at least six points per game so over the game week 28 and game week 26 hopefully it's gonna I'm gonna haul that hit back uh, obviously all of them just scored two so not contributing well to my score so eventually I got 66 I didn't captain Kane I captain Lukaku 
66 overall, minus 8, so uh, yeah, 58 overall. Still above the average, though, which was 45 this week. I'm surprised to see. Yeah, so I only went down a couple overall rank uh, from 45k to 48k. So I didn't go too far down. My my biggest moan is the fact that you've gone above me. <sighs> Shame all round, unfortunately, <laughs> sir. Well, <laughs> General, what about you? How'd you get on this week? Um, yeah, I actually had a pretty good game week for the first time in a few weeks. Going into game week 26, um, two free transfers. Initially, the plan... Initially, my plan was to keep to keep Ibra with Bournemouth in mind for 27, and I'm, I'm waiting for one of my tweets to come back and bite me in the ass um, in game week 27. I said I said I was looking forward to captain and Ibra when everyone's got rid of him, and, and I'm now one of those people who's also got rid of him. The the reason I got rid of him was the the potential for a double game week for Man City. So if Man City do turn out to have their double game week, I, I probably wouldn't be captain and Ibra. So. That was my reason for not for getting rid of him. So I got rid of Sanchez and Ibra, and I got in Manny and Lukaku, and I made Lukaku captain. Finished, well, Saturday. Saturday was depressing. I only managed 31 points from eight players on Saturday. But then the, the Spurs guys saved me. Kane and Eriksen managed to get 31 between them then on Sunday. Two points then from Manny was disappointing. But finished on 64 points. A welcome green arrow. And went from 112,000 back in, just inside the top 100,000 at 98,000. So... Still have still have um, bench boost and triple captain to use as well as a wild card. So I'm, I'm hoping for a big push now in the in the last start of the season. Good to hear. So you've still got your chips to play at some point. Yeah, I still got triple captain and bench boost. I think the the all out attack was used. I, I actually used all out attack this season probably before I should have because there came a time then when I could have did with it. And um, I don't value it very much, but I, I think next season I will keep it for emergency situations because I did run into one and, and I didn't have it, you know. Yeah, interesting. Okay, well, uh, with a couple of uh, double game weeks, well, three potentially still to come at least this season, then having those two chips will no doubt benefit you at some point. I had probably my best game week of the season, as um, I've alluded to already. Um, right. You know that the, the big scorers that I had. I also kept my promise to the FPL world and actually played McCauley this week. As it turned out, Van Arnholt popped on as well. I ended up with a nice solid 4-3-3 formation, which wasn't the plan, but it did me well. And I ended up with 100 points on my first triple-figure score. I'm not sure if it's my first or second this season, but um, I've actually jumped up a fair way in the FPL standings. I'm now um, 36,000th overall, so very, very pleased with that. Um, just the other big performers who I'll mention later, Funes Mori popped up with seven. Hazard got me an assist, and I also had uh, Ali, Ali and Kane as my captain. So very, very happy with that game week. Let's have a quick look at, our, at the table. So our Fancy Football Surgery podcast mini league, we'll see how things are going there. To be honest with you, the top 10 haven't actually changed since last week. So very, very quickly to run through. 10th place, we've got Costa Gunas. In 9th, we've got the RK Mavericks. 8th place, we've got OK. Number seven, we've got the Trap Stars. Six is Biggles Wingmen moving up. Uh, no Name Boys moving down to fifth. IU Fur Real up into fourth. Banana Nose Maldonado, really good score from them with 92 up into third. The special one, Dimitar Todorov, has finally been knocked off the top in this intense battle with Anticlante United. And we finished the week with Andreas Alanda in first place, one point in front. So it's getting exciting at the top there. Yeah, his overall rank is 1,503. Very, very consistent all season, those two. Great stuff. Looking forward to see how that one pans out. So, chaps, we've got 
10 game weeks, uh, game weeks, sorry, 10 fixtures this game week. Potentially, if you listened to our bonus pod last week, you'll know that you could have 11 to be thinking about. So we'll cover the issue of Man City in a moment. Again, again, thanks for the support for the uh, the second podcast we put out last week for our 50th edition A and B. We're actually up to around 1,000 listens for that sort of brief midweek podcast. So great response, which we didn't respect. So thank you all for that. First of all, though, 12.30 kickoff, Saturday, the 4th of March. League Cup champions Manchester United take on Bournemouth. Iceman, if I come to you first, who do you like in this one? Oh, yeah, United slugged it out in the cup final. I, I didn't think they deserved it in the off. You're looking well, get at... Well, you... he was miles offside for that goal, wasn't he? <laughs> he was definitely onside. It's it such a shame for Southampton. I thought they, they really deserved it. And United just kind of... I don't like to see Jose win a, win a trophy, which is annoying. But, yeah, moving on. Uh, they kind of... They really look like they gave 100% Man United in that game. And they could be tied for this game. So a lot of people are expecting this Ibrahimovic to score high against Bournemouth. It has been rumoured that, you know, maybe he could be benched for this. I don't know. It's... I, I think he's going to play. I don't think he's get, he's got no one else to back him up. Um, I was talking to General earlier, and he, we were just discussing it. And yeah, I don't think there's anyone who Jose trusts up front. So I think Ibrahimovic will start for this. So if you're not going for the City options, he's going to be a captain option for this game because Bournemouth they've still got a weak defence and it's still partly decimated with uh, them still playing Mings. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, they're still not looking very good at all, really. So, yeah, I can see this being uh, either a drubbing or Bournemouth probably sitting back and just holding United. Interesting. Gemma, what do you think about this one? As a Man United fan, I'm, I'm kind of not really looking forward to this one, having sold Ibra now. Hmm. I'd back to what we were saying about the possible rest for Ibra. I put out a tweet today. It was just a thought that crossed my mind that if Josie was going to rest him at some point, it's probably a good fixture to do it in, given Bournemouth's form. Can't really see anything other than a United victory here, but I just think Ibrahimovic is too important to the team. And as Iceman was saying, there's no there's no replacement for him that Josie trusts. I don't think Rashford's not ready to, to lead the line. Doesn't seem to have much faith in, in Martial either as a, as a striker. So, I mean, I put, out, I put out the tweet today to see what people's thoughts were, and I got eaten alive for it. There's, <laughs> No, absolutely no chance Latan's getting rested according to the FBL community on Twitter. So I do think he'll play and anyone who's got him, I think I think he is an excellent captain choice. Even even if City have a double, I'd still be tempted to go to go Ibra if I had him. It would be actually a tough decision. Um, as I say, I don't have him. I don't have any United players for this fixture, so I'm kind of hoping Bournemouth I don't think get a 1-0 win. Yeah, I don't think many people are going to have United players. It's going to be Ebro, which people held on to. There's not going to be many others which they've got because unless they're you know, casuals and just not playing the game, they haven't got a fixture in game week 28. So I don't think you'll be bringing anyone in. Bournemouth, yeah. you actually might be bringing someone in. You know, just Frazier yeah. has got four penalties he's won this season. So he was looking sharp in the last game. Yeah, and Fraser. Go on. You go ahead. And he got all three bonus points. So he could be a strong option just as uh, off the cuff because Bournemouth yeah. are playing in game week 28. Yeah. Maybe a consideration? Well, yeah, I think I think it's a good idea to just to keep Bournemouth in mind for this one because obviously the thing we haven't mentioned so far is I, I think transfers this week are going to be dominated by two factors. One, it's whether City have a double game week and two, how much you're looking at game week 28 when basically nobody is playing. 
Now, if you look at Bournemouth, again, defensively haven't quite got it. As an attacking unit against a United side that's conceded two against Saints in the Cup final, you're quite right. I think Fraser could post a threat, pose a threat rather. I also like the look of Josh King. I've just been looking and he hasn't started on the bench for six games now. He's completed 90 minutes each of his last five to six games. Um, he's now got seven goals this season, so he's their top Going back to the club that he started at before he went to Blackburn, and as a midfielder, only 5.4 million, I think he's a great price. And also, if you were looking at value beyond the next game week, he's then got uh, West Ham United, Swansea and Southampton. So as a cheap price, the fifth midfielder, he may not be a bad option to take a punt on against United and to have as your fifth midfielder over the next few game weeks. Yeah, he, he looks like he's taking the penalties over Daniels as well. Yeah. So Bournemouth, they, they always look quite threatening. They've got Jack Wilshire back. He does create quite a lot. So it's not to say that uh, United are going to keep a clean sheet here. They let two in against Southampton in the Cup. So... They may be a bit vulnerable, a bit tired from that game. Yes, it could be a potential. I do I do think King King is a good shout. Um, as you say, out of position, 5.4 million. Four in his last five now. So, I mean, even if you bring him in for his United game and he doesn't do anything for you, you know, you still got him for 28 then. So he could pay, pay off that way. Back to Fraser as well. I have him written down here as well. 4.8 million. He's played 90 minutes in the last four games. So how's a big fan of him. Um He's a bigger fan of him than he is of Stanislas these days, whatever Stanislas has done to upset him. Um, Stanislas killed me the last few weeks having him and been dropped for whatever reason. doesn't even get off the bench yeah, anymore. Get whatever get that. Whatever don't, don't get that at all. Like he was, they were obviously playing quite well with him in the team and then just on the bench. There, might be, there must be some other reason for it. There has to be something. I mean, there's not many Bournemouth players that can rack up. I think he got 21 points in one game earlier in the season. I mean, yeah. There's not many players capable of that. Yeah. Yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, it's, as you were saying about penalties with him, he's got a low centre of gravity. And he's very hard to defend. He, he's very direct when he gets in the box, and he's uh, he's won a couple of penalties now. So, so always assists there for him. So yeah, definitely some potential there. I think for uh, for Bournemouth against the uh, United side that aren't exactly watertight at the back. So I guess it depends. Uh, Chaps, one other issue I'm just going to throw your way. Let's say I've got Ibrahimovic and uh, City are then playing twice in this game week. Would you take him out for Aguero? No. <laughs> I, I'm not taking out Ibrahimovic. I've got Ibrahimovic as well. Um, I would rather take out someone against a harder team. Like I've got Kane and Lukaku, and I am considering either one of them. Uh, but I do think that Ibrahimovic he just seems to score nearly every game. So you've almost got that guaranteed consistency. I know he doesn't always get two or three, but he has done in the last couple of games. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't get rid of him. Yeah, I'm the same. I don't think I don't think I'd make that move if I was going into game week 27 with Ibrahimovic. Um, the thing about Aguero, even if he does have a double, there's no guarantee that he's going to play 180 minutes. So, with Ibrahimovic, you're probably guaranteed he's going to play 90. And against the Bournemouth side, of, I think it's 17 goals conceded in the last six. So. If you wanted to get Aguero in, I'd be trying to find a different route rather than getting rid of getting rid of Zlatan. That's a fair comment. So I think with him for Ibrahimovic, he's probably one to hold on to this week. Well, chaps, what about um, the next the next tie then? So we've got Leicester, who inexplicably turned up against Liverpool minus their uh, world manager of the year, Claudio Ranieri, taking on uh, a Hull City side that have shown some improvement over recent weeks, albeit would have been disappointed with the draw against Burnley. Also, of course, featuring in game week 28, so maybe worth considering. Mark, who do you uh, who do you like from this this fixture? Yeah, I watched the I watched the Liverpool Leicester game um, on Monday. 
last night. I really enjoyed it as a Man United fan watching Liverpool get stuffed. <laughs> yeah, but it was, I was very telling to, to see the the effort that the Leicester City players put in. Um, as soon as, as Ranieri's gone, they're definitely there's definitely a big. The, the guys definitely weren't playing for the manager. Obviously, it's difficult to know what was going on behind the scenes, but they were they were a different team against Liverpool. I mean, I seen a stat today that they actually ran. Ten kilometers more than they have in any game this season, which says a lot. That's, yeah. that's harsh. That's harsh on them, really, isn't it? And then they're saying that the criticism criticism they received is unfair. Well, I think that stat kind of tells you that it wasn't. Yeah. So yeah, Vardy Vardy got a double. He they've got a blank in twenty eight, so it's probably not the best time to be looking at them. I'd want to see a few more games with that kind of urgency before I'd consider them. I'm also kind of wait and see who the, which coach comes in. Hull, on the other hand, then they've they've got a fixture in 28, so I, I don't have any Hull players. Um, but there's quite a few good um, budget options within the within the Hull camp. I mean, the keeper Djukovic is cheap at 4.1. Um, big, big, very impressed by Maguire in the last couple of weeks. I know he's he's, he's an injury doubt now, but at 4.4 million, he's he's a he's a huge goal threat. And one player that stood out for me on match of the day at the weekend was Grosicki, 5.5 million. He, yeah. he was on free kicks, corners, and he won the penalty and he, he was a threat from open play. So he could actually be a, a good differential with yeah. game week in mind. I, I, I saw that. He was the furthest forward out of all of their players on the heat map. So, yeah, it looks like he more or less plays up front. He's only owned by, I think, zero zero point two percent. So if you're looking for the ultimate differential, he he could be your guy for maybe the next two weeks. Yeah, five point five. Yeah, he's in the same price bracket as Josh Josh King, isn't he? So he, um, you know, you've got a couple of decent low cost midfield options there. Just the other one to add to your uh, your point about low price budget players for game week twenty eight. I do like the look of Robertson at left back. The Iceman's. Uh, shouted him a few times now and I've been watching him over the last few seasons I actually think he'll probably end up at a bigger club if they end up getting relegated because he's uh, very decent as left backs go only 4.3 uh, 4.3 million so a really good cheap price option and after after Leicester they've got Swansea and then Everton so you know a little you know, potential there for for some uh, clean sheet points or for him to get forwards um, Iceman anyone from this fixture? Yeah with, with Robertson I was just going to shout him as well because obviously I brought him into my team. He was actually on three bonus points at half time, and they were so close to get a clean sheet if it wasn't for Keane scoring that, that volley. It was a good goal, actually. But um, I took a hit for him, for him, and I was almost guaranteeing this game for a clean sheet. It just really crucified me. But we did have a question from Mike at uh, Mike uh, Jeski. He's saying, with Phillips seemingly knackered, would you punt on Markovic or Grzycki? Uh This is for a fourth midfield spot. So, yeah, as the general and Billy have just said, yeah, Grzycki looks a good shout. Markovic was randomly out for the game, uh, which took a few people by surprise because some people did did bring him in which is unfortunate but yeah I don't know what was up with him I have to do a bit of research on that but he could be back for the next game we don't know so there's still potential options there either Markovic or Grzycki and I, I would go Grzycki over too he just looks like he gets further forward and as the general says on free kicks corners and got five attempts on goal in the last game yeah I'd agree with that as well I think um, yeah Grzycki probably represents the uh, some of the best value there so definitely an option yeah. Definitely more so than Markovic. With with Hall, I think I think um, the new coach Selby still trying to figure out his best eleven. I mean, he started with I think it was Embukani and Sean Maloney 
um, played started at the weekend. I know Mbukani, I think, has picked up an injury now. I'd probably avoid the whole strikers because, as I say, he's got Niaz, um, Hernandez, Diamandian, and Bukani, and I think it's a lottery who's going to play each week out of those. Brasicki probably is the best bet. I think that's a. I do think that's a fair shout. Okay, well, let's move on to Stoke versus Middlesbrough then. Stoke, of course, uh, disappointing to say the least against Tottenham. Iceman, who do you like in this fixture? Um, well, Middlesbrough, they've only scored two all year. So maybe a Stoke potential backline in terms of Peters or even Barsley the other side, although they did lose 4-0 in the last game, so maybe Barsley might get taken out now. I would punt on a, uh, a Stoke backline if they do get that double game week, but it would only be Grant or... Peters, who I'd go for here. There's not really any other options. It's, to me, it's probably going to be quite a boring game, maybe a 1 0 or 1 1 or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Middlesbrough definitely a set up as a side that go out to, to be solid, not to go out to necessarily win by many. So I'm never particularly excited by their attacking players. I'm still quite disappointed with. Triore, just because he just hasn't got the return that I thought he would get over the course of the season. But looks, you know, in principle, he's a good footballer. He just doesn't convert to points. General, what, what do you think about this one? Yeah, again, it's, it's, I won't I won't be looking towards this fixture at all. And Middlesbrough, when I think of Middlesbrough, I just think of defenders. I, I don't even consider their midfielders or attackers. Only scored nineteen goals in twenty six games. So I'm a big fan of friend, but he hasn't been very friendly to me this season. Um, okay. Emman Chambers missed the game at the weekend I think they're both excellent options when they're fit but again they both seem to be very injury prone um, Stoke another player who who's frustrated me earlier in the season I had Jeff Cameron earlier in the season and he picked up a knee injury and it was Ben Dennery every week was, it wasn't him that was saying it but it, Stoke were saying it was going to be a short term he was going to be back every week it was like we're hopefully he's going to be back next week so he, he ended up having a short term four and a half month knee injury so I held on to him for quite a while with the hope that he was going to come back. But he's down to 4.2 million now. He came off the bench at the weekend, so I've stuck him on my watch list. Um, he could be a good option because he, he, he was playing out of position kind of in defensive midfield um, before he got injured. So he could be a, another differential going forward. Their fixtures um, aren't great, though, going forward at the moment, though, with Man City and Chelsea up after this game. Yeah, so Stoke, Stoke could have... I'm right in saying they could have a double game week. Yeah. If, yeah, against, against City. So, but even even yeah, even at that, I wouldn't be touching them. I think those who have Peter Crouch, he, he was doing well, and people might think they've got lucky having him now for the double. But I think his time could be up after the weekend. Yeah. Um. I mean, Berahino's pushing him. He, he's he, he must be due to start very soon. So, yeah, his time is probably up. We had a question regarding that from El Magico. He's just but worth playing Crouch, or is he guaranteed two points? As in two times one uh, sub appearances so yeah I would be worried about that as well I, I wouldn't be fully confident that he's going to get many goals especially against a, a tight Middlesbrough and then yeah a decent Man City side yeah I mean if you've if you've already got him he's probably worth keeping just if yeah. they have the double he's probably worth keeping but I wouldn't be I certainly wouldn't be going to get him in with the bear he knows probably close to a start I think that's a fair point. I don't have too much to, uh, to add to what you chaps are saying there. So we're thinking Stoke defender, uh, above all, not too excited by uh, by Middlesbrough at the moment. Swansea versus uh, Burnley. This provides an interesting fixture because both are featuring in the uh, the smaller game week 28. Um, I actually quite like the idea of a differential Lorente in this one. He's got nine goals this season in the league now, and he's you know he's he's scoring fairly consistently. 
if Siggy's going to assist, he looks like the one that's going to be on the end of it. He's still only 6.2 million. If you um, have someone like Ben Teke or a cheaper third striker, he could be a good option for game week 28. He's got the next few games, Burnley, Hull, Bournemouth and Middlesbrough. So, you know, not exactly um, high prestige teams. I think potential to get a few goals during those fixtures. What do you chaps think of him? Yeah, um, I think Randy, very good option. Um, I, I've already pulled the trigger on one transfer already this week. Um, as soon as Stanislas didn't play again, I just shipped him out and I've got Sigurdsson in. I had this game week 27 earmark, earmark for Sigurdsson a few weeks ago, Burnley at home. And as you said, with the good run of fixtures, he's a, he, I was, he's more important to me than the Man City players. My higher, higher priority than the City players, so he's in. Uh, but Laurenti, I think, is a very good option. 6.2 million, nine goals. He's settled very well in, in England. And as you say, he's got he's got Sigurdsson to lay them on a plate from, like he did at the weekend. That free kick was it was was in the central position, but put it right on Laurenti's head and it was a great, great header. So those two, I think, for the next couple of weeks are very, very good options. Well, Spam, what do you think? Yes, definitely. I mean, if you're looking at Swansea players, it's got to be Siggy, uh, Lorente. I mean, like their back line still, we shouted it last week, Olsen, Norton, Mawson, they're all potential options, pretty cheap. Uh, only 4.5 is Mawson, and then Norton's 4.3, and Olsen's also 4.5. I think Olsen probably gets forward a little bit more, so if you're going to punt on a defender, it's either Mawson or Olsen for me. Um, in this game particularly, it's... It's a difficult one, really. I mean, I, I can see it being quite a tight game in the end because obviously Burnley playing away, they don't score much. They only scored their second point of the season in the last game. So maybe, yeah, not many goals in this one. Obviously, with Barnes sent off, it's probably going to be a big miss for them. Um, Don't mention that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you had him in your team, didn't you, General? Yeah, Ma- Michael Keane uh, scoring again. He's does seem to get a few goals but no one really to bring in from Burnley in my opinion Heaton you know people are still saying bring him in maybe but like we said last week again you know those away fixtures they always seem to let in a goal so yeah can't see much from Burnley in particular yeah I would agree um, Burnley's as you say their away form has been so poor and I think their next three fixtures are away from home so mm. it's probably worth avoiding even though they've got a game with 28 fixture I mean I've got Barnes and He's got sent off for me at the weekend, which was just great. But at least he's an extra player for game week 28. But I mean, I'm not expecting much from him. But I wouldn't be going out to buy any Burnley players at the moment. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I've still got Tom Heaton um, in goal, but they're away here, so I'm probably going to opt more for for Ben Foster um, in this game week. Can't really shout anyone from Burnley. Okay, well let's uh, move on to Watford versus Saints again. Personally, the, the only player I'd pick purely on form from this one would be Gabbiadini. He's come into England. He scored, you know, uh, four goals in three games. Big performance in the cup finals and great finishes under pressure as well. Um, only six point six million. The biggest downfall though is he doesn't play in game. He doesn't play in game week twenty eight. So it depends if you're just looking for informed players this week. I am going to be looking at him though after game week twenty eight uh, ongoing. Um, and potentially within my wildcard wild yeah, side. Yeah, I was going to um, say, he's definitely a wildcard Towards wild the last option. part of the season, because 
as I, as I pointed out in the previous podcast, his strike rate when he plays is actually very, very good. And he's showing he can do it in England against, you know, score two against United in the cup final is pretty impressive. So, um, Iceman, do you see any value in this fixture? Well, again, you've got to be looking forward. And that game week 28, the, these teams are both out for it. So there's no options to bring in from here. Obviously, if you've got these players in the Southampton team, Gabby Dean, if you've got him, obviously play him. He... If you haven't got any City players, could be a potential captain option here. Didn't really think about it until now, but he just seems to be so prolific, doesn't he? For 14.5 million they bought him for, it's such a bargain. There's not really anyone else you want to bring in. Zarate is an injury blow for Watford. Niang, he's quite greedy, but he could come good after after these few game weeks coming up. He might be one to, to look at. Holobas again, you know, if you've got him, play him. But no, no one to bring in for me. Yes, it's, it's not you're not going to be going out buying players for this game this week when they're both blank. If you've got Dini, he's got I think he's got four and five now. So if you've got Dini, you're going to play him. Gabadini looks good. I'm going to be keeping an eye on him um, in game week 27 with a view to maybe getting him in around game week 30. Uh, very impressed with him in the cup final. I have I I own Yoshida and I'm actually probably going to play him this weekend because I've got I've got Barnes suspended and I've got Amat and Darun as well. So I'm probably going to play Yoshida and hope. Quite hopeful that the Saints might be able to get a clean sheet there. Hopefully, interesting. So yeah, I guess this one's a bit difficult given the uh, given the nature of game week twenty eight. I've got to say though, Gabbiadini is the closest thing to a uh, Filippo Inzaghi regen with his uh, finishing sort of poacher style, his floppy uh, floppy mop. So yeah, definitely want to keep a, an eye on for the future. West Brom versus Palace then. So West Brom, I can probably be in the thinking of a lot of managers, given a lot of people have got to two or three um, baggies players, provided really good value all season. Um, the one I'm just going to shout, with the injury to Phillips, now you two might know more about this than I do in terms of his injury, but Morrison at 4.7 million at the moment just provides just fantastic value in terms of filling him in as a uh, as a fifth midfielder a potential straight swap for Phillips if you're looking to keep the costs down as well and the potential for goals against the Palace side that again performed at the weekend but we know they're a bit Jekyll and Hyde at the moment General where would you go in this one? Yeah with the Phillips injuries it's a hamstring injury I think he's got a scan again tomorrow but the fact that it's a, it's a hamstring injury if I, if I was an owner I'd be pretty worried it's, there's probably a good chance he won't play because I think hamstrings are pretty Pretty slow recovery time with them. I actually thought Morrison was going, probably would have been dropped at the weekend if if Phillips didn't miss out. Um, with Johnny Evans coming back in at centre back, Brunt was moved forward again, and I think um, Morrison might actually have been the one to lose out. But if Phillips is out again, again four point seven million, he's been scoring goals. He's, he's a good option, but I think if you're looking at West Brom attackers, Chadley, six million. I mean. He's one of my favourite FBL players, but this season, for whatever reason, he's been only playing around 50 or 60 minutes for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's been quite consistent, though. Six, six, yeah. five in the last three points. Yeah, so in the last three games, he's got an assist, a goal and an assist. Mm. So, And he managed 87 minutes at the weekend, which is a good sign. So I'm pretty sure he's probably on penalties as well. I don't think they've had one for a while, but I think he was on them before he got injured. So. Yeah, he was, I own I own Foster and Brunt, so I'll be I'll be I'll be playing both of those in this fixture. I mean Brunt, Brunt's Brunt is the correct choice of a West Brom defender, but Gareth McCauley, he's what he's about forty seven years old and he's scoring every week. <laughs> he's a beast, isn't he? Just set yeah, piece God, isn't he? He's three efforts inside the box, which was the highest amongst the top defenders this week. Actually, he's 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 just like a magnet when he's in the box. And then Brunt, 
Brum takes the corners but doesn't get the assists, but we won't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just ludicrous if Macaulay. I mean, you've got a guy who's in the probably the, the latter part of his career. Six Premier League goals. I mean, that that is on par with John Terry when uh, when he basically won Chelsea the league a couple of years back. Um, and scored in the European Championships as well. So just absolutely inspiring stuff. Just a, a must-have. He's almost the uh, the Riyad Mahrez of this season for defenders. Just cheap, but but keeps on doing it. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's the oldest outfield player in the league. Yeah, so it's, is. Yeah. it's amazing what he's doing. Yeah, it just goes to show. Now, if you keep yourself in shape, then you uh, you can keep doing it. Okay, yeah, just a quick one before we move on, Dawson. He scored in the last game. Maybe he is back to scoring ways. Potential punt there, um, 4.8. He will, he did start uh, at 5 mil this season, I believe, because he scored, scored a few last season. And yeah, I think it's his first goal this season. So maybe one to look at, Dawson. Gets gets a game every game, full 90 minutes. So potential out of the dark one. Because the obvious ones are McCauley and Brunt. But likes of Dawson, high scorer, potentially. Yeah, I mean... Four goals last season, I think he had. It's surprising that he's only getting on the score sheet for the first time now. Mm. Good option. Like you could, West Brom have so many good options, and the fact that they play 28, you could throw in Naomi Evans as well, 4.4. I mean, that's that's great value. Yeah. The only thing I would say is, I've been saying it all season, people ask me about Rondon, Rondon and usually when I get a question about Rondon, I reply and I say, Rondon't. <laughs> I think he's gone 10 games without a goal now. So again, my, I guess... West Brom or like Middlesbrough when I think of them I'm, it's defenders that I'm looking for and goalkeeper more than anything else Yeah, I do think in this game that Benteke potentially could get a goal though. I was looking at some random stats earlier and I was looking at the overall stats of aerial duels and Benteke is right up there he's gone 220 aerial duels won and the next one down this season is Vokes on 140 so it just shows the difference of and the crossing that Crystal Palace do. So now that they're playing pretty solid, they've gone the last couple of games only conceding one, I think. They look like they may have got their act together. So potentially I can see a Benteke goal. So if you've got him, I'd start him. Yeah, the fact that I've got Bront and Foster, double West Brom defence, you can probably be pretty sure Benteke's going to score. Yeah, we will get a header. Because they're meant to be good in the air, West Brom, aren't they? So Benteke was guaranteed to get a header. Yeah, I've still got um, I've still got Benteke, unfortunately. So I'm sure that will jinx everybody who has him. Um, it's a shame that actually Crystal Palace aren't playing the next week because Patrick Van Arnholt did for me exactly what I put him in for, which is the attacking threat with the potential for a, for a cleanie. But it's, it's just a shame he's not in on game week 28. Well, chaps, this takes us forward to the 5.30 kickoff on the Saturday, and it is no less than uh, two clubs that are completely underachieving this season. Both managers uh, are being criticised. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Klopp out, Wenger out. That's all you hear nowadays. Teams with bags of potential. Mark, I'm going to come to you for this one. Who do you who do you fancy in this, and who would you call? Yeah, the only player I'm going to have in this one is Manny. I got, I got rid of Sanchez for game week 26 and replaced him with Manny. That move didn't go very well on Monday evening against Leicester, but I'm quite hopeful for Manny against against Arsenal. He tends to turn it on against the big sides. We've seen it against Spurs. Liverpool are going to need a need a reaction after the Leicester game, so I actually quite fancy them in this one. Um, I'm quite hopeful. I'm really, I'm just hoping that Manny outshines out Sanchez in this one because I mean I hate not owning Sanchez, but just when he had the two blanks, I felt he kind of had to go. So yeah, I mean Coutinho scored against against Leicester. 
Firmino did absolutely nothing in that game. I was going to say, it's just, it does feel like you're walking a bit of a rope without uh, Sanchez for the week, but with the out game week 28, there's, there's sort of, I guess, better options. Yeah, I mean, Sanchez, the way Liverpool, I mean, if Lucas Leva plays at centre-back against Arsenal, Sanchez will score seven or eight, because, I mean, he's just awful at centre-half. <laughs> Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. They've got two midfielders playing in defence, haven't they now? Lucas and Milner. So it's no wonder they do that in some uh, you're, you're really, easy goals. You're looking for trouble if you play. I mean, Lucas isn't even good enough to play in midfield, never mind at centre-half. So, I mean, if if he's starting against um, Arsenal at centre-half, I'm, I'm going to be firmly behind the coach. <laughs> I do think uh, there are some good options for Liverpool. They do play better against the the bigger teams, and Coutinho, uh, he hasn't been in form lately, but he did get a, a goal in the last game, and he always seems to get the most amount of shots each, each game. Just you know, depending on whether they go in or not, doesn't it? But if you're looking at their defence and their players for this week, and then the up and coming game week 28, yeah, Klein's still a good option. He's still uh, he is creating the most chances so far this season with Walker just behind so potentially because Liverpool do play well against big teams potentially they might beat Arsenal I hate to say it but they could beat Arsenal here yeah you're right I mean, anything could happen in these ones you know they're going to be hurting from that fixture against Leicester and you fancy Klopp to to get in their heads to spur them on so let's see how this one pans out any other Liverpool players for the uh, the game week 28 well, Mignolet kept him in the game against Leicester at times. Maybe potential for him if you're willing to bring him in for Arsenal or the Game Week 28 game. They will be the best team in that Game Week 28. There's not many many teams playing there, so they will be the best team playing. So if you want to stock up on Liverpool players now, you could. Could be an option. General, anyone else that you double up on with Liverpool for Game Week 28? Um, one of my golden rules in, in FPL this season is, is just to avoid Liverpool defenders and goalkeepers because you're just you're looking for punishment by going there. <laughs> I mean, I've got Manny. If I was going for a double up with 28 in mind, it would be Coutinho, Coutinho would be ahead of Firmino. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lallana's gone off the boil, kind of. So would, would Coutinho. Coutinho looked probably the best out of them all against Leicester. Yeah, I agree. I think a double up might be a good option. That that for me is going to be very much influenced by what I do with uh, City this week. Whether I go ham on Man City players or whether I uh, start prepping for twenty eight, we will uh, we'll see what happens with that. So let's go to Sunday, the fifth of March. Then so we've got a couple of decent fixtures: um, Tottenham versus Everton. First of all, you've got arguably well. To be fair, all the, all the strikers in the league are in good form at the moment, but you've got Kane versus Lukaku. Iceman, I know you love Spurs. Let's start off on them. Where do you, where do you fancy? <laughs> Who do you like in this game? Well, Stoke got an absolute caning than scoring his third hat trick. Did you just make a joke? Uh, no, I took that from uh, Match of the Day. I stole that one. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> third hat trick in nine games he scored. Uh, second goal was a screamer, but he could have had more as well, Kane. So it is, yeah, a lot of people are looking at taking him out for Aguero because Aguero's got this double game week coming up obviously they're going to wait and see what happens in the uh, Huddersfield game tomorrow before they do that which I'm going to do but I potentially might be taking out Kane here uh, it, it does pain me because he is in form and he could score highest a bit like last year when those double game weeks come up Kane and I think it was Ali scored high when they just had one game I think they both scored two was that correct General we were talking about it earlier 
Yeah, in the, in the double game week, Spurs yeah. played ha- Stoke and Kane, scored, Kane and Ali both scored too, if I remember yeah. correctly. You hang on to them, didn't you? So you I did. Uh, did well from that. So it's difficult to take out Harry Kane here. Obviously, Ericsson, he's actually created the most chances this season now, but he is equal to someone else. Who do you reckon he is equal to on most chances created? KDB? No, Billy? Is it what, across all teams in the league? Yeah. Chances created. Um, is it someone really like random? Yeah, it's someone really random that you just wouldn't think. John oh, really? No, it's uh, actually Dimitri Payet. So oh. he's currently equal uh, on 74 with Dimitri Payet on chances created. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, he's. If you've got them, you're still going to be looking at taking them out for City players, which is unfortunate. But it's a good job that they are playing Everton in this game because I think Everton are doing better and they are looking a bit more solid at the back. Because if Tottenham were playing someone like Sunderland, you'd want to keep them and make it even even harder. But that kind of sways it for me, the fixture, because... Everton could hold Spurs here, so it could be like a a one-one, two-one type of game. I, I, I wouldn't say it's going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, I've got to agree with you. I think um, as well. I think if Aguero, because I'd be making the same transfer. Aguero's got Sunderland away, who are just after me. Briefly thinking they were going to be okay, I now think they're doomed. Um, and we, we've seen what happens with Stoke's defence. If Aguero is playing twice against those two sides, as much as I love Harry's form at the moment, I just um, see more value in Aguero in those two games. Yeah, exactly, because it's whether you take advantage of those two games or not, I mean, you're always going to want to bring uh, Kane back in. But after game week 28, Spurs do have Southampton at home and then Burnley away, yeah. both tough games. I mean, maybe after that, they've got a, a good streak of Green of Garden fixtures. So maybe after that, you'd be wanting to bring him back in. But it is difficult. Well, there's... The other thing I'll be looking at as well is how much is Kane's value going to drop? Because if Aguero is playing twice, I think you'll see quite an exodus. Mm. The the fear, though, is if you've put him in earlier in the season, you've made a bit of profit off him. It's uh, whether you can get him back in later down the line. Yeah, exactly. Mark, what's your, what's your take on this fixture? Yeah, at the minute, I've got four players um, for this fixture. I've got Kane, Lukaku, Eriksen and Bain. So it's, it's not really ideal. Um I don't really see this one being... I don't see too many goals in this one. I was doing a bit of research today. Um, I think the last five meetings between them, there's only been eight goals. And looking at the strikers, in the last seven seven, seven appearances for Lukaku against Spurs, um, he's, he's just got one assist. And Kane has just got one goal in his last five against Everton. So, I mean, it doesn't read too well for both of those strikers. My big conundrum this week is... Um, if I do want to go for Mr. Aguero, it's it's the plan was always to, to get rid of Kane for him, just with the fact that he's he's got a blank. Kane's got a blank in twenty eight, and Everton have been pretty solid at the back. But now that Kane scored a hat trick, it, it just doesn't feel right to get rid of him. So I'll talk later about my transfers, but I have the option of getting getting rid of Lukaku as well for Aguero. I, I could afford to go that way. So I'll talk about more about that later. But um, so I'll be I'll, again Ericsson. He's, he's started to turn it on again in the last couple of weeks. He, he's very impressive in the cup game, and he, he performed performed at the weekend. But if but if I go for Sterling, I'll probably it'll probably be for Ericsson as well. So again, this fixture I, I I do see it being pretty low scoring affair. Both very good defensively. 
Yeah, a lot of people are thinking of just benching one of either Baines or Coleman or Funes Mori because they're a bit scared of you know Spurs in form actually scoring here. So I I probably have to play Baines because uh, I don't have anyone else in my team. But if I had the choice, I think I would probably bench as well. Yeah, with Barnes' suspension and a few other things like that, I'm probably going to be forced to play Baines. So again, if if I kept Kane, he's going to cancel out Baines' clean sheet if he scores. So. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I mean, just the one I would add to people's thinking around this. I do. I've really benefited from Funes Mori um, over recent game weeks, and I think he'll be a good shout in the week when uh, in week twenty-eight. So again, if you've got him, I wouldn't. You know, you might not want to play him against an informed Spurs, but at the same time, I'd definitely keep him for game week uh, twenty-eight. Yeah, I would agree. Funes Mori's a he's, he's he's great value and a very solid defence now. I think Schneiderlin's made a big difference to that defence. I just make a point about Coleman and Baines. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have did this, but I, I usually don't look back on decisions and think what could what could have been. But I just couldn't resist on this one because it was about six seven weeks ago. I had the choice to go Baines or Coleman, and it's it was one of those fifty fifty FPL decisions that has really really hurt. Uh, as I say, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have looked into it, but I did. So in the last six game weeks, <laughs> Coleman has got fifty five points, and Baines has got twenty seven. And if I had gone Coleman rather than Baines, I'd be 70,000 places better why, off. Why did you research that? That's just so painful uh, because I had exactly the same choosing and I chose Baines. And yeah, I probably would have been off in the 10,000s or something. Yeah, I mean, as I say, I don't, I don't usually do it, but I was just, I was just curious. And I but, won't be doing anything like that ever again. But the thing is, it's, it's a matter of, uh, we said it pre-pod, it's a matter of whether you hang on to these players who you think are going to do well. Like, Baines is still on penalty, so it's still potential to score high. And he has been delivering in some good balls into the box. So he could get that assist which Coleman got in the last game. And yeah. then, you know, score extra bonus points as well. So could go either way. A lot of people do take out players like Baines and then just you know make the uh, sideways... Uh, transfer across the Coleman and then Baines goes and scores and, you, and then they end up saying oh it's typical because it always happens to me and then yeah. you, you've got to kind of hold on to these players if you think they're going to do well just just hold on you know I'm keeping Bain, Baines for I would, the, I would agree with you in those scenarios when you've got the likes of Coleman who's who's been performing much better than Baines there's no point really going chasing after Coleman's points to make a sideways move because I'd be hopeful that that will even out over the next couple of weeks. It's the same with Brunton McCauley. I mean, I'm not going to be going Brunton McCauley just because McCauley scored in the last two game weeks. You know, I still feel Brunt is the right choice within West Brom. And I think it's important not to go chasing points. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's wise advice, isn't it? It's important that we, you know, still, um, I suppose, don't, don't rush into your decision-making, I guess is what I'm saying here. Think first. <laughs> so I've been the victim of that many a time. Okay, so let's move on to Sunderland versus Manchester City. Now, I spoke a lot in our uh, bonus pod about this. Um, I feel very strongly if Aguero is playing twice, he's an absolute must as I don't see much competition for him in that striker role and I think he'll get the majority of the minutes. Iceman, I know that you wanted to say a little bit about the Raheem versus Sane debate. Yeah, we had loads of questions on just City. Obviously, everyone's thinking of City this week because they're potentially going to have this double game week. Only if they beat Huddersfield tomorrow. And if they don't, then they will be playing in game week 28. So either way, if you are thinking about bringing in a City player or you've already done so, they're still going to be playing in those two fixtures, which to Man City, they are good fixtures for them so we had loads of questions uh, I'm just going to 
whiz through them and then kind of we'll go through uh, what needs to be uh, talked about. So FPL Piglet says uh, it's all about a possible Man City double game week. If you could only pick one, who would you pick out of Sterling, KDB or Sane? And how many hits is Mr. Obvious Captain Sergio Guerrero worth? And Tom Campbell, uh, who's come on the pod, said, Hi guys, if Man City have a double game week, which midfielder would you prefer out of Sane or Sterling? And Rob Fry also asked Sterling or Sane, gents. So a lot of interest in the these uh, City players. So I took a look at the stats more in depth and I looked at the overall average over all the games between Sane and Sterling and I think that was a bit unfair when looking at that because Sane had just been establishing himself in the Premier League. So I, I tried to look over the last four game weeks in the Premier League Sane gets more of the ball and he, as he hasn't been subbed off, whereas Sterling's been subbed off in all three of those games. So keeping to that thinking, potentially Sane's going to have more time on the pitch, so he's more potential to get a higher score. Saying that though, it's Sterling who's who's got the one goal and four assists in, in that period, whereas Sane's only got one goal and two assists. So it's pretty close overall, but Sterling has the most points out of the two, so... And he also gets more attempts on goal than Sane in the last four, 10 to Sane's five. They both look quite consistent in terms of FVL points return, though, over the last few games. Because if you look at Man City's surge in form recently, they've been playing quite well. I mentioned it in our uh, podcast extra, if you listen to that, if you haven't already. But they both scored in the uh, and assisted in the Monaco game as well. So it's kind of kind of equal. So... As they are so consistent, I thought I'd take a look at their positions and who they're playing against in those positions because Sterling mainly plays down the right and Sane mainly plays down the left. So the left backs for Sterling to battle against are Eric Peters for Stoke and Oviedo for Sunderland. So he's definitely playing against Sunderland, we know that. And then Sane battles against Phil Barsley for Stoke, although after the 4-0 hammer it may switch to Glenn Johnson, we're not sure, Uh, and Billy Jones for Sunderland. So I looked over the last three game weeks for each of those players, and over that period... Oviedo and Peters make more tackles than Bardley and Jones, 34 to 18. They also make more recoveries, 42 to 27. And they also make more clearances, 26 to 20. So on that left-hand side, those two players actually score higher in the stats. So it's more potential to stop Sterling down that side. And I I don't know if that kind of tells us that more of the play in each of for each of those teams go down that left hand side of the pitch or whether Oviedo and Peters are just better defenders so looking at it from a viewing point of view so like watching these players in the flesh like I say the stats kind of do back the theory they are kind of better players than than the right back so with all, all fingers pointing towards Sterling over the attempts on goal and the amount of points he scored, I would actually bring in Sane for these double games because he's the one that's got just getting into playing well and he's kind of in form, plays all the minutes and he looks like he has those right backs in Bardsley and Jones which don't score high in the stats to play against so he could potentially score more FPL points. But I just need to wait for the uh, stats to prove me wrong and then next week I'll uh, eat my words. Um, that is some really critical thinking. I really like that and the idea of the full backs they're up against. Um, General, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to get my head around that. That was that was pretty deep. Um, <laughs> I did go I, into it. I, I, just I, I, tend, it was... I tend not to go into as much detail when it comes to stats. Um, 
the way you're looking at the opponent, opponent's defenders and things like that. I tend to more go, go from what I've seen. I've watched City quite a few times in the last few weeks, watched, been able to watch them for 90 minutes. And I just feel Sterling has the edge over Sane. Um, he, he tends to, I think he's, I don't have the stats on this, but he, he seems to spend more time in the box and get more touches in the box, whereas Sane tends to hug, hug the touchline more so than Sterling does. Um, on, so Sane's on the left, Sterling's on the right. Uh, from what I've seen, Sane tends to spend more time on the wing, while, while Sterling's more inclined to push on and get into the box and get touches in the box. Another another factor I'm, where where I'm going to probably go for Sterling over Sane is if Pep does rotate and, and he does rest Aguero for one of them, people are mentioning Iheanacho, but I just don't feel Iheanacho suits Pep's style. He hasn't played any minutes in the last four games, so I think Sterling probably has a chance of being a false nine in, in one of the games if he does rest Aguero. That, that's a great point, you know, because I couldn't imagine in the team who else he'd play up front. Because I think he's tried it with KDB before, but it hasn't worked so well. But you're absolutely right. Uh, Sterling as a false nine may be an option. And another, th- I just think Pep, Pep seems to be a huge fan of Sterling. Um, I think he's probably one of the first teams on the name, names on the team sheet every week. I mean, I know Sani's played 90 minutes in the last four, I think it is, but he's still new to the league. And I think Sani probably has more chance of being rotated than Sterling in the next if, if they have a double game week when it comes to thinking about City players for for this potential I th- Sterling's probably higher a higher priority for me than Aguero um, I'm, I, I'm safe to say I'm probably definitely going to get Sterling whereas I'm, I'm not 100% sure on Aguero yet yeah, I'm interesting that you're not uh, sold on Aguero so much, but I do agree. The way Sterling's been playing and the attacking threat he's posed this season, he's, uh, he's uh, you know, I'm leaning more towards him over Sane. Do you, do you chap see any value in KDB at the moment? Well, yeah, he, I do think he's gonna, probably going to get both games. He's not missed many this season, KDB. I mean, we, we as we mentioned before, Bob, we didn't want to go too much of what we said in the last pod. Obviously, no. we wanted the general to express his view and, and what what he reckons. But yeah, KDB, it, if you've got the money, I reckon he probably, he probably is a goer. Yeah, with, with De Bruyne, I think he's... One thing stands out for me, I remember when Pep came in, one, one of the things the first interviews De Bruyne was, was talking about was how Pep seen him more as a creator than a, than a goal scorer. And I think that's told this season. He's, I think he's only scored four goals this season. When you'd, you'd probably expect a lot more from Kevin De Bruyne. Just Sterling and Sane just offer such great value, at, I think 7.8 and 7.5. The extra 3 million for, for De, De Bruyne, I just don't think it's justified at the moment. Um, but, but if you've got the cash, again, I mean, he could easily turn it on for the double game week if they got one, and he, he, he could really help your ranks. But I think the two guys, Sterling and Sane, off, just offer so much better value than Kevin De Bruyne. I do think Torre might be a good shout for these two games as well. He is on penalties and he does seem to get 90 minutes every game. Yeah, what do you reckon of him? Yeah, I think, from again, just from watching the last couple of weeks, he, he seems to be sitting very deep. Um, he tends to get the ball and just lay it off and then he, just, he doesn't even join in the attacks. But again, as you say, he's on penalties, so there is that attraction, but... He's not getting involved in the attacking play as much as he he has in the past. So I, I think I definitely he'd probably be third or fourth choice for me if in, in the city pick in order. Yeah, I mean, Torre has actually got on my radar, but you're right. He could be again a cheap option in or a cheaper option in midfield. And the um, if he is in double game week, I think I'd be leaning more towards Sterling than him. But um, a good shout as a differential, wise man. Yeah. So if any of you want to listen to our 
opinions in a bit more depth about the uh, Manchester City option of a double game week. If you tune into uh, our podcast episode 50A, which is from last week, and we did a, sort of a brief 20-minute discussion of that uh, double game week potential. So tune into it, see what you think, give us your feedback. So, Iceman, I believe you had some questions from social media on this one. Yeah, I've got I've got a few more, which I've got a list. So I've got um, Sahil at Parmage is uh, saying, will Aguero get more points to, compared to Ibra? He's uh, dicing with no City cover during double game week 27. Saying, my uh, free transfer is going on Rondon to Ibra. Captaincy, not dismantling uh, his team to get any City players for that double game week. So he's not actually considering City players at all, by the looks of it. He, he's thinking even with Aguero, he's not going to get as many points as Ibra. Eber is so there is there are people out there not considering city players but there are people considering triple captain and as as you mentioned there we've kind of answered that in the previous pod that was a question from Sigurd Eskland as well at Sigurd Eskland and uh, Michael Johnny asks are we all aboard the Man City bandwagon for the next few game weeks with their fixtures and other teams lack of Aguero captaincy this is where you got to think as well that the the casuals that don't pay attention to podcasts or websites or anything like that, uh, they're not going to be aware of this uh, double gaming if it does come up. So it could be a potential to boost you right up. So you've got to consider these options as well when uh, when thinking about these City players. I, I, my only opinion on this is, because they said about not putting any, I wouldn't feel, if, if they play twice, I'd feel a bit uneasy having no City cover at all. The other issue is, I think, personally, there are more points to be gained in these two City fixtures against Sunderland and Stoke than there is from going into game week 28 with a full 11. I think the potential for scoring, just because of the quality of games on the teams playing, doesn't offer the same value in terms of points as potentially going in light with eight or nine players and having a almost a full quota of City. But that, that's just my personal opinion. I could be proved wrong. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you there. I know me and General were kind of saying the same thing earlier, weren't we, General? Yeah, I mean, this this potential double game, like, even though it's only going to be two teams, it, it's going to be huge because, as you say, some people are considering no City players in one extreme, and then on the other extreme, some people are going to play a triple captainship. So it's going to make or break a lot of people's seasons, this one. Back to what you said as well about the... Game week twenty eight. The more I think about game week twenty eight, the more I'm I'm not really too worried about it. As long as I've got seven or eight players for twenty eight, I mean most most um, most managers are going to end up with the same players anyway for twenty eight. The likes of West Brom defenders, Everton defenders, Sigurdsson, Lukaku. So there's probably not going to be many gains or drops to be made in game week twenty eight. I'd much rather have a a ticket or two to the Demand City double game week lottery than 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 be worried about game week twenty eight. And I think to, to add to that, general, if you look, I think most people for the teams that are playing are going to have to take hits to get four squads of eleven out anyway, unless they've planned very, very well. And to be, if it was the likes of Man United were playing that week, Arsenal had a fixture Chelsea. I'd be thinking a lot differently. But we're talking about, you know, if we think about the players we've called today, we're talking about Josh King. We're talking about players from Hull. We're talking about you know, crouch at stoke. We're not talking about players that are big. It's almost having them in for the sake of filling a slot in your team. And give me, you know, two City games of an Aguero and a Sterling any day over bodging in a, a Grisecki or a you know an extra West Brom defender. That's just my opinion on it. Yeah, I mean Good when point. you when you look at the the four 
fixtures in 28 apart from Liverpool at, Bur- at home to Burnley like, it could easily just be 1-1 in each of the other games and there's just going to be very little points I think it's not Liverpool probably is the only essential you need to have a Liverpool for Burnley at home but apart from that yeah. 28 could be a damp squib there could be could be just a very low scoring game week and, and actually if a lot of people are thinking the same if you do go into the game short of 11 players you're not going to be you know, drastically behind everyone else who's got 11, it's probably going to be the status quo, which is going to be like around sort of nine players. So a few different perspectives there, I think. Just a, another warning on uh, if we are piling in on uh, City players, that uh, they do play on the 5th, the 8th, the 11th and the 15th. Like that's three games within within six days there. So, you know, there will be some rotation, you would have thought. So just just a just a warning, really. Yeah. Something else I'll just add is I think the city the city starting eleven tomorrow night is going to tell us a lot if if they do beat Huddersfield. Yeah. I mean if Aguero if Aguero plays eighty or ninety minutes tomorrow night, it's very hard to see him playing playing th- three games in a week. The same goes for Sterling for any of them. So I mean if if Pep rests a few of them tomorrow night, you'd be much more inclined to get them in for the doubles then because there's probably more chance that they're going to play both games. We did give our opinion on the, the triple captain in our previous uh, pod, so if you want to listen to that, you can get Marlon Bully's opinion. But what is your opinion on the, the triple captain option for the likes of Aguero with this game? It's 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 something I haven't really given much thought. Um, if if he doesn't play in that game tomorrow, then then that's probably going to make me think about it a bit more. And do you know what? I think I'd actually be quite tempted to triple captain Sterling if I was going for a Man City triple captain in, a do- in this double game week. But I just I just think the thing about City and Pep, you've got one triple captainship a season and you want to know that your player is going to play in both games. So that's probably just going to put me off just to have any of those doubts. I mean, if you... If, say if Aguero plays plays the first game and he scores great but then he, he's not in the starting team for the next one it's just it's going to be it'd be just so so frustrating yeah. and last season was frustrating enough triple captain and Lukaku and I just don't want another season where my triple captain chip gets wasted so I'll probably hold off on this double game week interesting any more from social media Jim no no more uh, well there's loads more but uh <laughs> there's always more <laughs> right, I'm going to suggest as time's pushing on that we get on to West Ham versus Chelsea um, the last team of the week playing obviously Chelsea running away of the league at the moment West Ham have got that game in 28 as it's the last one uh, General I'm going to come to you do you like anyone in this fixture? Yeah, it's, it's got to be it's got to be Chelsea players for this one West Ham have been terrible in their new stadium and just haven't settled at all so I mean Chelsea are Look like they're going to win the league at a canter at this point. So, I've got Alonso and Hazard for this one. Clean sheets have dried up a little bit recently for Chelsea, but I'm still pretty sure I'm going to be keeping Alonso for the rest of the season. Well, at least until the league's wrapped up. Hazard, Hazard hasn't been spectacular, but he, he's been chipping away with the points. So, I mean, I've held on to him. I considered getting rid of him a few times, but he's managed to keep his place in the team. So, I've got those two. Um, those I don't have, who I probably wouldn't mind having for this one. Pedro, seven million. I mean. Again, ten points and twelve points in his last two games. He just he just keeps doing it. Um, that's a fraction of Hazard's price. Um, and then my my old pal Costa. So I'm not going there. <laughs> probably not going there again this season. I mean, people probably know from Twitter. I'm a. I actually just despise the guy. <laughs> uh, he, my rank would be so much better this season if I if I had him earlier in the season. 
And then when I finally did get him in, the whole China slash injury fiasco happened. So I just got rid of him again. It was just he just breaks my heart. Whether I have him or I haven't got him, he breaks my heart either way. So I'm probably just going to go without him for now, anyway. Yeah, it's difficult because uh, you know, like we say, you've got to be looking forward as well. That Chelsea haven't got those game week 28 game as well. Uh, West Ham do, but you can't see many options from West Ham with Antonio Carroll potentially still out. Are you maybe uh, might be worth a punt if you if you're gambling, you want that extra player, but. I, I can't yeah. see that many options that you want to bring in for this game, knowing that Chelsea don't play in the next game. Like Chelsea, I was, are, quite, I was actually quite close to bringing in Snodgrass for 26, and I was glad I didn't then, because I think he only got around 60 minutes. Yeah, so. yeah, true. Yeah, Antonio getting his first red. Thanks for that, Antonio. Doesn't look quite good enough up front for West Ham, so... I know he, he does play Game Week 28, so I'm hanging on to him for now. He's, Just definitely, worth hold, he's definitely worth holding if you've got him yeah. for, for the 28, even though he's suspended for Chelsea. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree that he was going to be my uh, my shout Antonio for, for this one as well, even with the red card. I think, you know, accommodate him on the bench and then it'd be a good option for the, uh, the next game week. Yeah. That takes us to the end of all of our fixtures for this game week, chaps. James, are you, uh, are you on the toilet? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm waiting for you to allow me to go for my piss break. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have Right, to... okay. So, having gone through a marathon of fixtures, it's time for the Iceman to um, have some light relief and enjoy this brief interlude music as we enjoy the Iceman's piss. Thanks, Willie. Okay, uh, welcome back. So it's time to summarise the uh, the pod. If you can't be bothered to listen to it and you skip to this bit, welcome. Um, here is the summary of the fixtures and who we called. In uh, Manchester United versus Bournemouth, the early kickoff on the 4th of March, we went for Josh King as a cheap, viable option for Bournemouth and also Fraser, um, also playing in game week 28. Ibrahimovic, if you've got him for United, is the man in form at the moment, so we recommend him and possibly even as a captain option. In uh, Leicester versus Hull, we were looking at cheap-priced Hull players, again playing in game week 28. Robertson and Grzycki, particularly players that we talked about. Um, even though uh, Leicester have returned to form against Liverpool and also scored in the Champions League, we want to see a bit more from them to make them worth investing in at this point. Stoke uh, versus Middlesbrough, not particularly getting us very excited. Uh, Stoke potentially offering value in defence, though, for game week 28. And if you do have Peter Crouch, might be worth holding on to for the sake of not having to take a hit for another player in game week 28. Swansea versus Burnley, both involved in the uh, game week 28. So we talked about Llorente as a, as a consistent performer for Swansea this season with nine goals. Also looked at Sigurdsson, which many of you would have transferred in. And uh, the Iceman likes the idea of a cheap price Swansea player in the attacking Olsen or the consistent Mawson. Uh, Watford versus Saints didn't really... Uh, grab our attention, although we, we had to mention Manolo Gabbiadini's explosive start to life in England at 6.6 million. West Brom versus Palace. We're liking the look of Morrison at the moment at only 4.7 million to replace Phillips. Um, or even Chadley, the general, uh, really likes the look at him and seems to be playing fairly consistently. McCauley just keeps on scoring and Dawson also returned to scoring form as well. So some good options for the uh, game week 28 for them as a team that feature. 
Liverpool versus Arsenal. Again, um, had the win knocked out of our sails by the lack of uh, form for these two this season. But if you've got Mane, he seems to be the man to go with. We also like the look of Sanchez. If, uh, if Lucas, play, Lucas is playing centre-back for Liverpool again, then it could be absolute um, cannon fodder for the likes of the Chilean or even Theo Walcott or someone of that ilk if you have them. Uh, Tottenham are playing Everton and we went for uh, Lukaku as, as a good option. Um, Kane would be uh, the obvious choice given his hat trick. However, some of you may be thinking about swapping him out for Aguero for the double game week if they if they indeed have one. Um, Funes Mori looks a good option for Everton as a cheap centre-back, also playing in uh, game week 28. And we had some discussion about the ongoing form of Christian Eriksen. City, of course, might have the double game week coming up. For more in-depth analysis of that, go to our podcast, which is number 50A. Uh, Iceman added a discussion around Sterling and Mane, and the overwhelming feeling with Sterling would be the one to go for. Um, Aguero, many of you will be thinking about, and actually we think you know playing twice probably offers very, very good value as a swap out for one of your higher-priced strikers. And uh, Colo Torre. Colo Torre? Yaya Torre. <laughs> Colo plays in there. Celtic now, of course. Yaya Torre, um, one that, that some of us weren't thinking about, but actually is on penalties potentially uh, and could play in both of these fixtures. We then finished with uh, West Ham versus Chelsea. Antonio, if you've got him in spite of the red card, would be worth keeping for the sake of game week 28. But this is really all about Chelsea. If you've got their players, we wouldn't suggest getting rid of them. Um, you know, go all out on Chelsea for this one, for the eight o'clock fixture on Monday night football. Just one that you just mentioned there, mate. You said we overwhelmingly went Sterling over Sane. I'm still in the Sane camp, but I believe you two are in the Sterling camp. Sorry, I uh, I misunderstood you, Iceman. So I've misquoted the Iceman. Uh, we went two for one on that one. So still, your mind is to be made up. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to Captain's Choice. Uh, General, as the man, as the guest on the pod, we'll let you go first. Who are you looking at captaining for this one? Um, more than likely don't have my captain in my team yet. So, I mean, all depends on the uh, Huddersfield City game tomorrow night. Um, that'll probably decide my captain. I'm actually kind of hoping that Huddersfield just win that game because it's it's just bloody stressful trying to figure out what to do with these City players. <laughs> it is. My team's actually pretty well set up if, if City don't get through. So if, if, if there was a shock tomorrow, I would probably just captain Sigurdsson at home to Burnley. Um, I've already brought him in this week for, for Stanislas so anything I do um, any silly player I get in it's going to be for a hit if they do win the two I'm looking at it's, it's going to be Sterling and Aguero so it'll be between those two for captain and again depending on how much each of them get how much game time they get against Huddersfield that's going to be a factor as well so for now if, if I had to call it now it probably would have to be Aguero if I feel that he's going to get plenty of game time in the two games I think I probably end up. I probably will end up taking a minus eight to get both of them in for the double if they've got it. And um, I think I think it is worth taking hits for City players because, especially with the fact that Stoke and Sunderland, there's there's huge potential. I mean, if City click, they could score five in each game. And if you're not in that, if you don't have a ticket to that lottery, it, it could be the end of your season. Interesting, Ice Man. I'm more or less in full, fully agreement with the general there. Uh, I mean, you are you are worried about the rotation, so you've just got to go for it. I think it's, it's always going to be a worry for you, but I think if you are bringing in the likes of Aguero, he's got to be your captain. 
there's not really a question if you're bringing him in you've got to captain him because he's got two games against weak teams and at the moment I think I'm definitely captaining Aguero because I'm going to bring him in if not if I don't then it will be Ibrahimovic yeah I mean when it comes to City again I'd, I'd much rather get one or two of them in and, the, and then it doesn't work out than, than not bring them in and miss it on huge yeah huge exactly point yeah, you, don't, you don't want to live in, in regret yeah so go for it is what I say yeah, I'd, um, again, I agree with the sentiments of you, chaps. The only addition I will make is if uh, City are playing twice, there's every chance I will be playing my triple chip this week on Kun, as I believe the uh, the teams here playing are not in a good place right now. So quite possibly my triple chip will be going on Sergio. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, as I said, it's just the, the lingering doubt about rotation that will probably put me off it. I haven't completely ruled it out yet. But I mean, those who if for those who do decide to play it, if if it is a double game, it could, it could be a really shrewd move because you're probably not going to have as many as you would have in the past triple captain in the goal. So if that comes off, it'll be spectacular. We will see. Exciting times ahead. It all depends how Huddersfield uh, defend and attack tomorrow night. Um, Iceman, social media. Did anybody have any questions or were we just sort of left to it this week? No, yeah, we had loads of questions this week again. Um, I'm gonna Thank have you, to, listeners, once again. Yeah, thanks for all your, all your questions, listeners. Uh, but we are going to have to miss some out. We've got already got like a, an hour or so long pod so far, so we're going to have to cut some of these questions out. We had uh, Brett Donahue over Facebook. He's asking... Just to say, we all know the double game weeks info and the blanks. Most FPL players would have a few West Brom and Everton, West Ham, Swansea, Hull, maybe, in their teams. Could it be worth wildcarding earlier than the double game weeks and planning ahead with the transfers and jumping the gun a bit? Do you reckon it might be worth it out coming out of all these uh, blanks and this double game week coming up? Maybe game week 29 could be worth a wild card. What's your opinion on that, General? Um, I think the thing about the teams, most of us are going to be loaded up with Game Week 28 players now, but the thing about Game Week 29 is most of those teams actually have good fixtures in 29 as well. Um, just looking, Everton are at home to Hull. So most people are probably going to have Lukaku and an Everton defender. It's a good fixture in 29. West Ham are at home to Leicester, which Maybe it's not as good a fixture now as it was when Ranieri was there, but if you've, if you've got a few West Ham players, home to Leicester's not a bad fixture. Most people are going to have Sigurdsson. Some are going to have a, a Swansea defender as well. They played Bournemouth in 29. So, I mean, coming out of 28, loaded up with Game Week 28 players, a lot of the teams have good fixtures in 29. So, 29 might not be the ideal time to play the wild card, but if you feel like you need to tidy up, maybe come Game Week 30, it's... I mean, it's not, there's not an awful lot of time left this season now, so it's it's time to start thinking about when you're going to play it. Um, I haven't really given it as much thought as I probably should have, but I'll probably be waiting, probably before, I'll probably use it before a double game week, possibly maybe. It looks like it'll be 34 and 37, I think it'll be the bigger double game week, so more than likely I'll double, or I'll, I'll, I'll sorry, I'll play the wild card, probably 33, bench boost 34, or yeah, vice versa, yeah. you know. Um, wildcard 36 Pentecost yeah. 37 so yeah. I, as I say I haven't really thought about it too much yet I'll wait till the fixtures kind of reveal themselves and then I'll probably think about it a bit more yeah Pete um, I I think we, we mentioned this on the pod last week I think it's not a bad idea from Brett because actually you could potentially if it does go wrong all the moves over the next couple of weeks your team could end up in a bit of a 
bit of a pickle, so to speak. So actually fixing that, it's not a bad idea from Brett. I think it's a good uh, it's a good option. Personally, I'm more looking to save. I think last season, really, the proof was in the pudding. The people to save their double game, sorry, their, game, their wild card, as a mouthful, for the double game weeks towards the end of the season really benefited. And I'm planning fully on taking advantage of that again. So for me personally, I'm going to hold on. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you guys. Uh, we also had a, a question from Eddie Hughes. He's uh, uh, saying, what is at official FPL Opta's fucking problem with Brunt? Yeah, um, I'll come in Sorry. on that one. <laughs> the, 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 I bet the, the, F, the official FPL Twitter account, they're probably sorry they ever set up a Twitter account because they, they, get, they get so much grief they from us, be, FPL yeah. managers. I mean, we're kind of like real-life managers who take their take the ranger out in the officials. We, we take it out in the official FPL account. I mean, the first the first assist that he lost was the one where where um, Macaulay and Evans went up for the ball. That was, that was uh, you could argue that one was harsh. Um, but I feel I feel people were complaining last week about the one he lost where Macaulay scored, but it, it did take two deflections. And I mean, I'm a Brunt owner and I wasn't I, w- I wasn't too upset about that. It, when it takes two, two deflections, you can't really expect to get the assist, you know. So people, I think people tend to go over the top ranting about decisions and they even today people are still going on about Brunt and I think it's better just to let it go these things it's like anything you'd hope they'll just even themselves out over the season but again the FPL account um, the official one it gives us gives us somewhere to take our frustration out (laughs) yeah it does yeah it's uh, making sure you, you don't make yourself look like an idiot by slagging them off there's no need for it right moving on to just on that as well, I I put a tweet out a couple of weeks ago as well about you know the the official account has received an awful lot of grief, but if you just take a step back and and imagine your life without FPL, I know I know me me anyway, I I would be at an absolute loss. I don't know what I would do when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, we all feel very much the same. Um, forget we're lucky to have it. <laughs> it's a great game, really. We had we had another question from Kuda Godfrey. He's asking uh, how are you guys going to get Alexis Sanchez back into your uh, FPL teams now that you have Mane and are looking to buy Aguero for game week twenty seven. So yeah, I've I've already kind of got a plan of bringing back Aguero, uh, bringing back Alexis. I've uh, I was looking at getting Aguero in this week for for Kane, then maybe next week moving Aguero back out for the likes of either Carroll or Lorente. And then that will give me the money to to take out one of my midfielders, say Antonio, for uh, Sanchez. So there there are ways you can work around it. Because we've only just gotten rid of uh, Sanchez, we've still got that money to play with. And then if we do bring in Aguero or someone, it's whether you're going to keep hold of him for the fixtures after that because they are tough. So there are ways which you can get back in. Are you guys looking at uh, Sanchez already, bringing him back in? Yeah, I think it it is important when you're making transfers in the next especially if this is a double game week you need, you need to think ahead as well it's important not to just think for the next game week um, especially with the likes of Sanchez who is I know Arsenal have gone off the boil a little bit now but he's still probably close to being essential and if you want to get him back if you've got rid of him and you want to get him back same goes for the likes of Ibrahimovic if you've got rid of him you need to think ahead about how you're going to get them back so it's just worth bearing in mind yeah yeah absolutely yeah, I mean, I've um, I temporarily put Mane in when uh, Sanchez wasn't playing, and the reality is, it's probably going to be a fairly straightforward swap back after these next few weeks. Um, I've kept some money aside for him as well, so I have factored him in. I do think 
he is going to be an absolute key player for the uh, the back end of the season. So he will be coming in for me without a doubt. The the only thing I will split hairs over is um, Mane or Hazard. Depending on Hazard's form, he's been pretty good for me in terms of consistency. Maybe not as explosive as Mane. So what I'll, I'll factor in is whether I go Mane out for Sanchez or if I if I go Hazard for Sanchez. Yeah. That's probably probably going to be my same move. Um, it'll just depend on the form of Manny and Hazard probably when the time comes. Yeah. Um, probably be one of those that'll go for Sanchez as well. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we had uh, Mika Hapakowski message us. He's saying, uh, which do you value more? game week, uh, Double game week 27 or blank game week 28? You can easily make ground or dip out of title contention on both. He has has a point there, but as we mentioned earlier, I do think there's not going to be as many points in blank game week 28, and there's probably going to be a lot more points in double game week 27. That's mainly the thinking on that. Are you, have you guys got anything different to add? No, I, I would agree on that. I mean, there's there's much more. I mean, if City if City go and put in two performances where they score three and four goals in both games, it's it, it's going to hurt your rank and much more if you don't have City players than it is to be worried about 28 so I think 27 if it's a double with City it's more important yeah I mean you've got to look at Man City are probably going to be second in line for the title so they're still going to be going for it so you never know they might play all those players and there might not be that much rotation so you've got to take these opportunities and and just go for it like we said earlier Billy anything more to add? No I I agree with the sentiments there it's um yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm similar thinking to you guys. Okay, cool. we did have a load of other questions, but unfortunately, guys, apologies to all of you who, who have messaged us, but we haven't had time to go through your questions. But thanks again. We will try and get them done next week. In fact, I will reply on uh, on Twitter just to let you know. Thanks for that, everybody. Really appreciate your questions and your continued support for the podcast uh, and your interaction on Twitter. Some great quotes and comments on there this week. So please keep it up. Keeps us motivated to keep turning out these pods and hopefully you're benefiting from the advice and the information as well. And that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. I'm going to say thank you to the General for uh, for joining us again. Yeah, thanks, General. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Iceman. Cheers, Do you buddy. want to say your goodbyes? Yeah, good luck in your game weeks, listeners. Try not to overthink it. No, and try not to overthink your uh, your ending either. Um, all that's left to do is for us to say uh, to uh, give you ways of contacting us. So you've got our website www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. Uh, you can get us on Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash fantasyfootballsurgery. Does anybody even type it into the web browser anymore? I'm sure everyone just uses the app now. Um, <laughs> Give us give us a tweet on uh, at ff underscore surgery. That's where a lot of our social media activity goes on. You can find us on Reddit. If you go on there, please up the pod. Keep us up there in the thinking. Up, um, up the podcast. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and also on iTunes as well, depending on your preferred uh, media source. If you listen to us on iTunes, please give us a comment and a review. Let us know what you think. Join the mini league one seven six zero three hyphen six seven one eight, and you can also email us as well. The Iceman will kill me if I don't give you this. FF Surgery Podcast at yahoo.com. Send us your questions, views, comments, feedback on there. It is all appreciated. Um, and it's a big thank you from us once again. And one final piece of news: if you thought. 
getting better for Leicester and can link with Roy Hodgson as their next manager. Uh, goodbye and we'll speak to you again next week. What's up with your connection this week, Billy? I don't like people people to care of. I mean, there's just as much chance of Aguero might just play one of the games, so we could both end up playing the same amount of minutes in, in game week 27. It's, have, have you got some hoovering in the background there, Mark? No, that's not. That's supposed to be one of you guys. Oh, no, that's, oh, that's, that's me. Funny. That's, oh. that's the kettle boiling, sorry. <laughs> Who turned that on? <laughs> Are you in the kitchen? I'll cut this bit yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, we're we're going to have to wait because that's, that's noisy. <laughs> okay, it's brewed now. <laughs> where were we? I, I was a bit lost where we were, yeah. I might help myself to one, though, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs>